you know, you get the ability to use the onboard device's storage. So everyone's walking around with smartphones these days that carry like gigabytes of, you know, potential storage. More technology than took man to the moon, more likely. Exactly. And with an app, you can dive in to use that infrastructure as opposed to just the website where you sort of need a connection and you don't really get to be able to do that stuff. So yeah, you get to be able to do your brain training while you're on the train. This is Superfast Business with James Schramko. James Schramko. Helping you build your business super fast. Fast. James Schramko here. Welcome back to superfastbusiness.com. This is episode 668. We're talking with Jared Robinson from theappmatch.com. G'day, mate. How are you? Good to be back. Always good to catch up in between nappy changes. <laughs> You've got the young one there, and I do too now, and uh, we've got parenting stories to exchange. And also, we talk a lot about online marketing, and in particular, apps. And recently, you were telling me about the advantages of a mobile app over a website, and we decided it'd be a great idea to record our conversation because I still think there's an awareness gap in the marketplace. For sure. You know, people have heard about apps. They probably think they know what they are. We've talked about them before in in our series. We've had an ongoing series on Superfast Business where we cover this topic. But let's break it down. Just in case there's any gray area, let's talk about the nine reasons an app is still a great advantage over the website experience for your customers. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's nine, but there probably is more than that. But I think it comes down to these top nine. And the first one, James, you'd be probably aware of this as well. User preference. You know, if you look at our own usage of a mobile phone in our preparation to get onto this call, how many apps do you think we probably used? Well, yeah, I mean, you probably use more than I do. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> A generational thing. But I still think there are apps taking up that prime real estate. But I know in any given day, because I actually track and monitor the usage of my phone, I know some apps are getting a pretty good workout when I look into the reports. And some of them are for pleasure. I might be looking at a World Surfing League or a, a forecasting app. I definitely look at my forecasting app every single day. For sure. And I would rather do that than go and look for a browser. Exactly. And then there's other apps that uh, we use just as business tools for communication. I did a conference call this morning and I was a guest and all I had to do is click on the app to get onto that one as well. And of course, I use the app that's on the homepage of my phone to access my own community, which is what a lot of other members do for some of the reasons we're going to discuss. Absolutely. You've touched on all the right things and they make it easy now to see your usage in your own device, whether it's an Android or iOS. And, you know, I've looked at my phone today and I've spent about three hours on it. And if I look at the top listed apps, they're actually all apps. And if I go right down to the bottom, like five minutes inside Safari, which is like the mobile web. So a lot of people have their business real estate, the core thing that they're interacting with and trying to get people to come to. And just based on my behavior for the day and what everyone else does, we're spending more time in apps. So having an app is a great opportunity to you know, dive into that main attention. Almost certainly people are using Instagram or Facebook apps on their device yeah. rather than logging into the browser. So that's probably one of the most easy to relate to apps. For sure. Yeah, it's user preference. Right. So user preference. It's just the easier place to use a website. Like in my case, they're using a light or native version of my website in that app. Same as when using the Facebook app or Instagram. You can still look at Instagram on the browser, 
but the experience sucks compared to the app. Yeah, so if it's a great designed app, it can really bring up those benefits and, and make it even easier for things to happen. And I guess that is the reason why people tend to spend time inside them. And then on to the second idea, you know, if you're building an app in this space, it's not just that, you know, user preference is good, but you get to leverage the brand element of Google and Apple. And I think this is a big thing in itself, maybe in some spaces more than others, but the fact that it's such a high barrier to get onto the app store and some people aren't aware of that, but once you're on there, you get to sort of say, hey, Apple, hey, Google, share your customers with us. Does that sort of make sense? And you get this idea that you're sort of co-aligned with them to some extent? It does. I mean, on our webpage, we were able to put the Apple and the Google brand logo with a link to our actual app. So it's a brand association. Yeah. But I think also when you're talking about brand alignment, you're putting your brand, that app brand, on the customer's phone. Like for a lot of my customers, my app will be on that front page of real estate of the phone that they're picking up every few minutes all day long. So that brand alignment with your own brand is there as well. You're aligning with the big brands, the Google, the Apple to get onto the device. I like that you said there's rigorous criteria because I'm sure that's going to lend itself to one of the other advantages. <laughs> and you can also work hard incorporating your own brand. You've got that branding icon right in front of you. Probably one of the most iconic brands that are on my apps that I click on is the F1 app. That is a kick-ass brand. Yeah. It's so well-known. Like over and over, sort of, you know, reminding you that thing exists. And, you know, I look at your SFB app icon and I see your face, like, on my home screen over and over every single day. And you just think about if that's your brand, you're trying to get into your customers and remind them of what you do. It's a pretty killer strategy for that. Right. And it shares the same sort of logo as my podcast, which has got a good amount of downloads. And it's just brand recognition. And it does lead into that next one that you sort of alluded to there as well that the barrier for entry to this is quite high and a lot of people will come to us and say oh you know i've heard it's challenging and difficult and can be a long process and it can be if you're not having someone manage it for you that's probably the secret there but that in itself is probably the biggest opportunity you know low competition is very prevalent on the app store and you know at Superfast business in 2017 you can go and watch the recording in membership but i spoke about this in particular related to our pe teaching audience and, you know, if you did a Google search, there was like 100 million websites and articles that came up related to PE Teacher. But if you search that in the app stores, there would be a handful of things that would appear. And we actually had six of the top 10 apps that would appear for that search term. But then we were nowhere near being found related to that search term online. So the low competition thing meant that we got lots of traction for people using that in that space. Right. It just makes sense. And I know from experience, <laughs> from your experience, <laughs> submitting the app, that from time to time, there are criteria that need to be satisfied that mean the difference between getting accepted or rejecting. There's no way I would try and put an app out there myself knowing what I know. I tried it in the beginning. It doesn't work. I use the appmatch.com for my apps. It's part of the inspiration for this Tech Talk series. We've been running over several episodes now. We're up to uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven episodes. This is the eighth, I think. So we've been building a body of work around this concept, but it's so vitally important. I love the idea of low competition. I'm sure when people search for business coaching or as in the case of my business, a lot of people search for the brand or my name. 
my app will come up. And I like when people visit my site that it can prompt them to get the app if they don't already have it. And then my app starts to occupy that real estate. I mean, think about how many apps do you have on your phone and how many make it to the first few pages. Even though there's a few, it's nothing like how many websites are online. No, absolutely. So you get this like best of the breed bubbling up onto your device. And I think that's quite good. And especially if you look at the app store, you know, you can assume that the people who got on there have gone through a rigorous process because it is quite challenging at times. And hopefully that leads to quality. I mean, doesn't mean that all apps are going to be, you know, suiting what you need, but it is a good filter for, you know, ensuring that as opposed to the websites where anyone can create one with Wix.com or one of these free tools. It just fills the internet full of low sort of, you know, quality stuff. So it's a big one for me. Cool. So just to recap, number one was user preference. Number two, brand alignment. Number three, low competition. That puts us at number four. What do we have for that? Increased conversions. And, you know, this might be more relevant for some industries. So, you know, if you were doing some e-commerce type things or games in particular, but I guess the reason why this is potentially an increase in conversions is because of the frictionless environment of making purchases in that mobile space. I mean, most people listening have probably purchased something via the Apple or Google, you know, app stores. I purchased via the Amazon app. Yeah. So either of those tools work as like the intermediary between the developer and you. And then obviously the developer earns a royalty from that. But how easy is it to make a purchase when you're getting an app? I like apps where it remembers you. And some of them also, I can use facial ID. So I just hold the app. It lets me log in. A trading app that I use for Forex does that. So I don't have to keep logging in. It can just get me going. Whereas if I had to go and use a browser, log into the website, there's just more steps. It's harder. And I think we've seen a huge shift. The stats are there to show that there are a lot more purchases being made on mobile devices than several years ago. And if your purchases are being made on mobile devices, then you'd have to think that an app for all the other benefits we're listing gives you that increased conversion advantage. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Because like you said, it remembers you. It can store that data in almost like an offline state and you can be permanently logged in as opposed to a website where that sort of stuff tends to disappear with cookies and so on. So you get different conditions. And if it's easier for you to make that purchase with you know Apple Pay and all the other integrations that Apple and Google are sort of making in in their ecosystem, then it just makes it easier to convert. And that doesn't just mean conversions in a monetary sense, but getting people to take any sort of step is easier to do. Like you said, getting people to check, what is it, a surf report? Uh, yes. Yeah, so each day I can look at the cameras mm-hmm. for all the local beaches near me, and I can look at the wave height. I can look at the tide chart, the first light, the end of light, the temperature of the water, and the wind conditions, like live and anticipated. And from that, I can work out where I should be surfing, what time I should be surfing, which board I'll be taking and which wetsuit and it's all driven from the app. Yeah, it's awesome. And I just, you know, you can think about if their goal is to get people to check those things, the app goes a long way to making those little conversions happen that get people to do those actions. I can set alerts. So if the wind and the waves are a certain size and direction, it can trigger an alert. So I get this alert pop through and it says um, smooth wave alert or something. You can name it whatever you want. Awesome. And I've got different alerts set for different conditions. 
So I could actually get an alert on my phone that tells me, drop everything, it's the best it's going to get. <laughs> like, it's amazing what you can do with the app. If you and I have been uh, going through the baby phase lately, the app that you put me onto that helps, it sort of indicates... Wonder. Yeah, it helps you indicate where your baby's up to developmentally and what sort of changes they're experiencing. And this education, it wasn't there years ago. No. So it's a fantastic tool. It's been pretty right on too. Every time we've, you know, looked at the app and the material it's sort of sending to us and it sent us an alert that was very much in conjunction with what we were noticing, which is pretty cool. Right. So basically the message here is uh, use your alerts. <laughs> yeah. I think that'll come up in a future point as well. Let's talk about number five, because this one's an interesting one. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people like this idea of being able to potentially work offline in certain situations. And before we got on the call, you were talking about you're doing some brain training at the moment. Yeah, I use an app called Peak. Peak, and you can do that potentially offline. can do it offline. And that's important because the internet's not so great here. You know, I can go online and check my scores and update it, but it'll still work if I don't have internet. That means I could use it on an airplane. Yeah. So, you know, you get the ability to use the onboard devices storage. So everyone's walking around with smartphones these days that carry like gigabytes of, you know, potential storage. More technology than took man to the moon, more likely. Exactly. And with an app, you can dive in to use that infrastructure as opposed to just the website where you sort of need a connection and you don't really get to be able to do that stuff. So yeah, you get to be able to do your brain training while you're on the train. And, you know, for someone in our PE teacher space, they can download their training videos, their webinars to offline so that when they're, you know, out and about, they could be listening to it without using up all their internet. And that doesn't seem like a big deal for the always connected world, but you'll be surprised how many people sort of, you know, get behind that concept. Well, as a traveler, I can tell you it can get pretty expensive and difficult to be always connected. It can be. <laughs> First thing you want to do is switch off all those background things. I mean, one of the apps on my phone, Dropbox, uploads my cameras. Anything, any picture I take or video, it uploads it to Dropbox and it can be brutal <laughs> on uh, the Wi-Fi. So yeah. you've got to be careful about those. Those things. Yeah. And this flows into the next one too. They sort of connect with each other. So, you know, being able to work offline, it's almost leads into number six, which is also being able to leverage the device capabilities. So being able to take pictures in the app or use the GPS to tell you locations, or you mentioned like face ID type stuff for security and all of these inherent functions that, like you said, are far more powerful than what took people to the moon. The developers who build apps like us can build things that actually interact with that. And you end up with like this Swiss army knife of possibilities. Yeah, it's really good. And that's something, look, it's worth mentioning at this point, things change. You know, the phone I had before this, I don't think it had the facial recognition. So as things change, your app will need adjusting. And that's why get professional help. <laughs> Theappmatch.com will do all of this for you. I've asked you for a couple of changes lately because one of the video players that I use on my site yeah. was not being as friendly as it used to be. So it needed an update. I don't know how to do it, but I do know how to email Jared. <laughs> yeah, it's just that reinforces this idea that it does change. Like the third party that we use to show your videos in app they changed yep so what happens is you have to react to that and it's a constant so it's not something you do yourself it's something you get help with for sure but once you're doing that like anyone who's not getting help or doesn't have an app i mean they're out of the game already mm. i'm on the bleeding edge of app now <laughs> hands-free 
really. So <laughs> what are we up to? We're up to... Uh, Number seven. Oh, that's probably my favorite, Jared. Set retention rate. Retention rate. That is the name of the game. If you have a subscription business, it's all about retention because if you can keep customers, you don't need to go finding new ones all the time. And most definitely, that was the biggest gain we had when we turned on the app. You know, I didn't expect much. And I mentioned this in our previous episodes. I didn't think it would be that big a deal. Jared's very enthusiastic. You should have an app. It's great. Okay, yes. All right. Well, let's do it. And boom, people say, I love this app. I'm using the app. I get such great feedback from it. And we know when we make changes and do the wrong thing that people tell us too. Oh, they tell us straight away. (laughs) (laughs) There was the famous rollback once, I think. Okay, let's put the old one back. But that's part of innovation and it's a business situation where you're not always going to have everyone happy. Even when uh, I think I noticed the Facebook app went to a lighter shade of blue the other day. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, always changing. But with retention, we noticed people were using my membership more. More people logged in more often and more people stick around. That is a fantastic reason to have an app right there. If you have any kind of subscription program where they use the app to access it, this is uh, a winning move. For sure. And just the ability to send behavioral-based push notifications. I know you've spoken about push before and you know how powerful they can be, but being able to send them around the things that people are doing, like you said, your weather reports, like the phone knows the weather. It knows the conditions of you know where you're hoping to surf and it's able to tie that up with things that you've suggested and stored and send you a push alert to bring you back into the app to then have you go off and do whatever it is that you're hoping to do. So all that sort of stuff just means that you're more likely to continue using their tool. Yeah. And just for any old salties here who worry about uh, that I'm too technologically dependent, I still use visuals. I'll walk to the end of the street and have a look at the conditions. I'll do a drive in the car and double check it. You know, nothing substitutes for the real life. But if you want to know the weather tomorrow or the next day, just ask a surfer. They'll tell you all about it. Next, we have number eight. Yeah, improved user experience. And I think if you summed up a lot of this stuff that we've been talking about, it does lead down the path for an improved user experience that your customers can have and if your customers can have a better user experience with you and your brand and your product and your service then it probably leads into that last one james they're going to continue to stay around and do business with you and you know a lot of the stuff that is possible on a website can still make this user experience quite good for your customers but there are some inherent opportunities that we've mentioned today that really take that to a whole new level that you know is something that people should explore this really fits in the design category it's about designing a great experience for your customer and user is vital. Whether you're doing SEO, whether you're doing copywriting, whether you're doing laying out a membership, everything, the brand, the look, the feel, the pictures, the logos, they all combine to make a user experience. So the trend that we found, especially on the latest app update, we call it a push, right? (laughs) Was to remove features, have the simplest, leanest possible version of the app. And that was creating a really good user experience kind of lends itself to point number nine, actually. Absolutely. So by doing that, we actually help people get the results that they come to you for, all the forum, all your coaching, all that wrapped up in a device that keeps them logged in. They don't have to go to their website. So improved user experience was there, but it was just so much faster. Like literally, if I open my phone up now and click on your app tile for the Superfast Business app, I am now looking at the private coaching thread inside of the app and I could like post a question. I haven't had to log in. I haven't had to remember a password and try and, you know, make sure it load. Like it was literally just there waiting to go. And that's something that apps have over websites all day. It's amazing. I mean, literally, James in your pocket. <laughs> if you click on the logo and you type something in your private coaching, ask me a question. 
I answer it. I'm using the app on the other end. That's the beauty of it. As the product owner, I'm using the same device. So there's that very fast ability to communicate and get advice, to find out opinions, to sounding board things, to check links, those sort of things. Coach in your pocket. That's what the app's brought for my business. I'm really pleased that we've been able to go down this path and make it work so well. We also have one for Silver Circle, which is pretty much the sister app. It's the same type of application now that we've found the winning formula for us. So for quick recap, Jared, the nine advantages are user preference, brand alignment, low competition, increased conversions, work offline, leverage device capabilities, retention rate, improved user experience, and speed. And all of this is available from the theappmatch.com. If you want to find an app that suits your existing business, Jared's already got it. He already has the app. He's got all different types, and that's what the whole match part of the app match is. He will match an existing app to your business and customize it, the look and the feel, to make sure that it works. So you don't have to go and spend $50,000 and design an app from scratch and get it in a year and a half from now. <laughs> you can get started straight away. That's the mistake people make is starting from the ground floor when you know all these things typically exist already. And we're really good because we were doing it for our own needs of finding what people do or sell or help people with and thinking, well, how can that package up into an app? And you sort of mentioned, you know, it's like the app match, isn't it? Like, that's a brilliant name. That's what we do. Perfect. Jared Robinson. So this is part of the Tech Talk series at superfastbusiness.com. This is episode 668. If you want to grab the transcription, we'll also summarize this for you at the episode on superfastbusiness.com. Always open to comments. If you love the show, leave a review on iTunes. Check out Jared's site at theappmatch.com. Always a pleasure to catch up, Jared. Thank you so much for sharing. We'll speak soon. Discover how to build your business super fast. Check out superfastbusiness.com.